Welcome to Done With Debauchery, a podcast hosted by Denise and Keisha, two friends who share intimate conversations about alcohol and drug use, struggling with sobriety, and our personal paths to wellness. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Done With Debauchery. I'm Keisha, and this is my co-host, Denise. Hi, everyone. So, how are you doing today? How are you feeling? I'm good. I'm good. I've decided to be recording this standing up, so get ready for a lot more energy. We are diverse. (laughs) I think we've decided to take a turn this week. We're going to be doing a bit more of a personal episode. We have lots of things we want to share with you guys. Yeah, I think our last couple episodes um, were kind of like research heavy. It was a lot of heavy information that I do think was important for us to share But we wanted to kind of circle back to what our first few episodes were like, just kind of giving everyone um, some information about us, what we're up to, where we're at in our sobriety and relationship with alcohol, and just like, what's happening? Yeah. Get to let everyone get to know us a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Do you want to start or should I start? I'm going to start with you. So you just got back from a, a, a weekend girls cottage trip and... You didn't have any drinks. Yes. So I did just go away um, with a group of girlfriends. I did not have any drinks, which I feel very proud of. You should. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Yeah, it was a trip that was kind of um, in the books for quite a few weeks. Um, I did feel good going into it and confident that I wasn't going to drink at all. Uh, I recently just hit my 100-day sobriety milestone. I'm almost at four months um, at the time of recording this. And I think it's really interesting, um, sort of just how my perspective of going into the cottage weekend shifted from last year to this past weekend. Let's give a little bit of a background of what happened last year at the cottage so that yeah people can understand and compare yeah last year um denise and i had a cottage weekend booked and we were both um attempting sobriety at the time leading up to it i was at my 99 day milestone when we drove up to the cottage and we both kind of decided impulsively tying into our last episode, I guess, <laughs> on talking about impulsivity, we decided impulsively that we were going to stop and pick up some wine. Um, and things just slowly, or I shouldn't say slowly, things spiraled from there. And it just turned into like regular drinking once again. Um, moderation was just proving that it was not a realistic option, um, I think, for either of us at the time. So, and I felt really... I was really ashamed and really hard on myself um, internally that I didn't make it to that 100-day milestone because it was something that I was really looking forward to. And it had just been like a goal. Like it would have been the longest time that I had been sober for. And it just felt like such a landmark. Interesting. So what do you feel like? Do you think it's because we were both uh, like trying to not drink that put us in a more vulnerable space that time versus you being on your own and in your own energy? So it's like, You're only contending with you. But when there's two people trying to stay sober, it's like when both people start to waver, then there's like the, it's almost like there's confirmation of, yeah, we should just do it. Let's just have one. It's like, instead of just contending with your own, you can moderate voice. Now there's another person's moderate, not you can moderate voice as well. There's two instead of one. Yeah. I think that could definitely be um, like a factor in it. And I think that going into this past weekend, 
it wasn't even on my radar that maybe I would have like one glass of wine. Maybe I would try it. It was just like, it was a no. I went prepared. I brought so many different types of non-alcoholic drinks from different kinds of sparkling waters. I had non-alcoholic wines, uh, like a non-alcoholic Moscow mule, gin and tonic, just anything that I could possibly want to reach for. I just made sure that I had available with me. Uh, also, I think it was really important that the group of girls that I went with as much as they do drink and they like to have fun, they're like, nobody's getting shit faced. So nobody like they are like drinking throughout the day and in the evening by the campfire. But I don't know. It's not like shots on shots. It's never like, it doesn't feel like a chaotic drinking environment. We weren't really drinking like that either though. No, we definitely weren't. But I'm just saying like this group, I think it might've been harder oh, for me if it. that was the environment, uh, if it understood. was a big party, like yeah, if yeah, there was yeah. drugs and things like yeah. that, but that's just not what it's like. Yeah. I think you and I also um, have a little bit of a dynamic that we can kind of I just, think we get too hyped. We get too hyped and we just like, and no one's calling we feed down. off of each yeah, other yeah, like in those moments. Yeah. So if one of us says fuck it, it's a little bit easier for the other one to say fuck it as It's that well. impulsivity. It's like, it's like quadruple the impulsivity when there's two people that are like pumping it up. Like just add some pump it up kind of fucking music in there and we could be like swinging from a rope <laughs> from the ceiling in 30 seconds. Yeah. And I did actually go to um, another cottage with the same group of girls last year. I'm trying to think if it was before or after. I, I think, think it was before, actually. And I didn't drink again. Yeah. But it was, I remember it being a lot harder for me that time. And I was like, not like having sips of drinks to like get drunk, but I was like trying different people's drinks with like different mm. cans and stuff. And I feel like I didn't have that same inclination to do that this past weekend. It's almost like you set, it set, you sent. Eh, sorry you set a very clear intention this time and it sounds like there was a lot less negotiation yeah a lot less internal negotiation and i think that maybe if i didn't have those previous experience last year of trying and not succeeding it would have been a different outcome but i think that i've kind of I've tried and failed, tried and had not like the outcome that I wanted. So now I am feeling a lot more solidified in my choice. Is it an choice. acceptance piece or? I'm trying to make it that. <laughs> okay. like, like I'm I was like, like wow. <laughs> People yeah. try their whole lives to accept things. Yeah. He should got it down in a hundred days, guys. I'm really trying to She's look at it. <laughs> I'm really trying to look at it in like the mind frame of like, not that I, I can't drink, but that I don't need to, mm. which is like, I feel like, cause then you don't feel like you're missing out. There's no FOMO. Yeah, part. exactly. And there yeah. were some times like when we had like dinner one night, like the girls brought like a beautiful bottle of red wine, which like I would have loved to try it. But, and I brought my like a non-alcoholic can of like the groovy, like red wine, just so I had something that I felt like I was participating when we cheers, my drink looked the same, but there were moments where I was like, shit, like I would really like to like have mm. a drink. But then I tried to like, just sit with myself and be like, why? Like, do I want to be a part of the party mm. or like, what is the reasoning? Do I feel like I need to get drunk to have fun? And I feel like I was probably like a little bit more like low energy this weekend than like the normal like drinking like party fun cottage weekend sure. Keisha. Yeah. But it just felt like right. And like I had good sleeps when I was there. I didn't wake up with anxiety. The first night we got there, I had probably the best sleep that I've had in like six months. Getting out of the city makes such a difference. It was incredible. Yeah. So yeah, I think that there was like a couple things that really led to 
the success of the weekend. And I think it was being prepared with a ton of different non-alcoholic drinks. I think it was having some time under my belt, yeah. trying and failing in the past and knowing I kind of like played it through to the end. Like, am I going to have two drinks tonight and wake up, say goodbye to the progress I've made and wake up with anxiety? Or do I just like take a minute, step away, have a non-alcoholic drink. I brought tea up there. Like I only had one, but like sit with myself and really realize like why I'm having these feelings. And then the group of girls that I went with is just like so awesome. Like quite a few of them like follow the podcast on Instagram. They listen to the show and they all drink, but there's never any pressure. Nobody's quizzing me on like, do you want to have one? Like nobody is even like offering, which I feel like is with an offer. It makes it so much easier to say yes. Mm. So those boundaries are pretty strong without me really even having to put them down. They are just automatically respecting my choices. Yeah. And one of my girlfriends up there, she loves all the non-alcoholic drinks too. So like throughout the weekend, she's wanting to try my drink. She's wanting to try all my different sparkling waters, <laughs> messaging me, asking me like for the link to them. <laughs> so it's like fun. I'm included. Like it's, it doesn't feel like it has to be this, this isolating thing. Yeah. That, and that's, and that's so good. And I think overall, the fact that you made it to that milestone probably feels pretty good. And I hopefully there's Thanks. like an element of, of building a little bit of self-trust. Yeah, it definitely was. And like, I know that like the weekend that I just went through was, was kind of like a safe environment for me. Who's to say if I was like at a different weekend with different people, if I would have been as strong in, in my choices. But I think that comes back to like surrounding yourself with people who are going to support you and not putting yourself in these like quote unquote, like high risk situations. And I think also like taking into account some other things and factors of stuff that might be going on in your life at that time. And that may be one of the differences from this summer to last where I think we both had like very fresh dramatic work drama yeah. or career drama kind of going on, which probably was leaving us already feeling a little uncomfortable and uneasy and anxious, leading us to yeah. what, like craving alcohol yep. uh, a little bit more. Maybe not. And I to don't feel know. a little more reckless. Yeah, exactly. I guess I'm like searching, searching for reasons of why it was different because we did try to be organized last time we had like non-alcoholic cocktails and stuff with us but yeah we did we i don't even think we drank one <laughs> once we opened the bottle of wine I, i'm trying to remember if we actually had like non-alcoholic mocktails or if we just brought some sparkling waters no I don't we had those like uh those we did have like those gin and tonic uh oh like the clever yeah the clever i don't think we were drinker. as well versed in yeah. NA options as we are now like we are at master's level, we yeah, are way to be getting a PhD in non-alcoholic cocktails at this time. Yeah. Honestly, though, nothing really replaces wine, unfortunately. I really think that's, like, a hard drink to find a mm -hmm. really good NA replacement for. I think we found some that are good. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that, for me, it's, like, the same. No, definitely not. And, I, and, and that's what's hard for me too is like I do enjoy like having a drink mm -hmm. like a glass of wine or something like Agreed. that or yeah. like we were celebrating two birthdays up there and we did um, sort of like a Mexican theme like one day where we made uh, one girl made like a Mexican salad like a corn salad we had tacos and they were making margaritas. I love a margarita. Obviously. But I didn't have one. And like when the girl brought up the tray, she's like, I didn't make you an alcoholic one because it's just lime juice. Yeah. Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, a hundred percent. Like 
I'm not missing. I'm still included like in the event. Like, yeah. do I need a tequila drink to feel like I'm part of that? Yeah. And the answer was no. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's interesting. It's almost like that false illusion of, of connection that you, th- yeah. that you think. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you. I'm proud of you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, do you want to share a little bit about where you're at? Yeah, sure. I mean, I feel uncomfortable, but might as well like fucking rip the bandaid off. So I don't actually even know where... I'm going to say it was back in February, though, that... Was it February? No, because I had like 60 days of not drinking consistently. Um, And I took... One of my very good friends out for her birthday at one of tra- uh, one of Canada's actually top restaurants um, that's out of town, and we did a full tasting menu. And the my friend that I was with is is not a drinker in in any way. Like she'll have a glass of wine like here or there, and doesn't like really think much of it. So whatever I wanted to do, I'm sure like she would have been happy to do. But I had already made a decision at that point that, like, I didn't want to go to that dining experience without having, like, some of the wine because I just felt like it was really very much part of the experience. And so I did have a glass or two of wine at that dinner, and that was kind of like the opening of the can of worms of trying to moderate again. And it was a lunch. I said it was a dinner, but actually, sorry, it was like a late lunch. Um, and I was driving. So like, and we were, we were out of town as I was saying. So I didn't have more than the, the two drinks, uh, because I was driving, but also because I was with somebody who, uh, doesn't drink a lot. So I do find with this particular friend who I love dearly, I'm, uh, extra aware of my consumption levels around her all the time anyway because they don't drink so it's like it's interesting how much like I can throw things into the wind when other people are but then when other people are not drinking and I can feel myself becoming more inebriated it's like fuck and I feel like there's like shame and trying to control myself and then I'm like focused on not um not having more or whatever. So I did have like two drinks. I think I even said at the lunch, I was like confirming I am still a drinker because like I'm literally chugging the two drinks back. Mm-hmm. And also probably maybe, be- also probably maybe, also because let's just be certain on that. I hadn't had a drink in a long time. And then, um, you know, like I had opened the floodgates too and then was like white knuckling it. So I was just like, fuck it. I'm just going to chug these back. I obviously didn't chug them at the restaurant, but it yeah. felt like I drank them very quickly. Yeah. I definitely was drinking faster then my friend, I almost said her name. <laughs> um, yeah. So then from there, I when I was I had been dating. So then I went out on a date, and I had already like told this person that I didn't drink and didn't like really get get into it. But then when I got out, because I'd already like opened the can of worms on the Friday, then on the Sunday I was like, well, fuck it. I've already you know I've already had a couple drinks like let's just have a couple more drinks and we'll just like start again on Monday. Uh, so neither of those, like I only had, I think two drinks at that dinner or whatever. And ultimately I was fine. Like it was fine. Did I feel like some, a little bit of like anxiety as a result of the decisions I was making? Yeah. Like I'd be lying if I said, yeah, but I also was like, Ooh, let's not like focus on that because like, that's just going to make it worse. Like we're not going to go in a spiral. Because I think it's kind of like a balancing act between not killing yourself for it and going down into the spiral versus being aware of like, is this, um, is this a, like a message that I'm doing something I shouldn't be? Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, nope, 
nope, blinders on, not fucking, not going to. Um, and look I at it. I think we had talked about it a little bit on the show as well. And you had mentioned that you had had a couple drinks, but you felt in control and you didn't reset the app for that reason. <laughs> no, I think I did. But I think I... No, you said you didn't. Oh, I don't remember what I did now because it feels like it feels like a long a long time ago it was it was um so so I'm trying to clearly remember but I think that I did at what point did I I I cannot make any commitments but I have been drinking since then like let's just confirm that um and obviously like there should be no fucking shocker that it starts out very moderated and like just hasn't ended uh, that way. So I think there were like, there were a few things though before I start to talk about how things unraveled and, and where we're at at this time. Um, in my mind, there was either a number of things that I was unable to withstand. Like it, they were it just like things became like outside of my window of tolerance and I just was like, fuck it, I don't care anymore. I think that's like one thing. Or I use them to like justify my decision and it's probably a little bit of both. But one was that uh, when the stopping of the drinking, there was just like the eating situation uh, really for me with eating all the sugar like and gaining a bunch of weight. I was just like, uh, clearly I still have a lot of my worth tied up in my body. So as soon as that started to happen, I was like, fuck it. I'd rather be drinking and skinny and be attractive and worthy than then fucking fat in my mind. Let's just call a spade a spade sure. because that's like that's the language that's happening inside my mind. So thing number one. <laughs> number two is that I uh, was also uh, was also in a somatic uh, like trauma training course, which probably was just like a lot for me to handle because we were digging up some like very deep shit. Um, for people that don't know, it's like essentially if you can look up Peter Levine's work, but essentially it's like getting into your body and like where your body's holding like very intense emotion, uh, from probably previous traumatic events or experiences. And that probably wasn't ideal to be jumping into some of those things in early sobriety where I was like on kind of like rocky ground because what it was bringing up was like a lot of rage and anger it was a really intense period it was an intense period and I literally felt like I was going to explode through my my skin and it was going on for like weeks and I was just like I can't anymore like I just like I'm gonna fucking unleash this fucking animal inside of me aka let's like fucking get hammered yeah like because it is such a intense uh emotion that it like i just don't i I couldn't hold that intensity in in my system anymore the other thing i think that came up also was like uh feeling like really kind of isolated uh it feels like obviously after so many years of drinking and part and living like a very much like a party lifestyle uh like a lot of friends family uh like it really feels like a lot of connection is based around uh like drinking experiences and in my opinion like those are very like triggering and very debaucherous uh like relationships a lot of the time because there is um people that drink to in my opinion excess the way that I do and that's not to judge anyone else's behavior because it's all about what's okay for you but then I bounce off what's okay with those people and when it's very extreme then I am in these situations where 
there's that extremity. But anyway, I felt like all the friends and things like that that I would usually connect with closely uh, were were also like removed from my life because I wasn't just able to be around them. And it was kind of like winter time-ish here. So it was crappy. And then because I'd opened the drinking thing, I was like, I'm not, I'm not talking to Keisha <laughs> as much anymore because I like feel shame. And I'm just like in this weird in-between bubble uh, at, at this time. And I'm not ready to, I guess, address it. So then obviously as this failure at moderation goes, there are a couple particular people that like, I really, I was like, okay, I will just not drink around these two people as moderation goes. Also, these are ridiculous rules. It's like, oh, I can only have two drinks. Okay. But then it's like, okay, well maybe I can have more than two drinks, but not with these two particular people. There should be no drinking with these particular people. So then, but then like ultimately I really, I guess one other thing is I really miss uh, going out for dinners. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like that's such a, a, a part of my identity uh, and, like, something that really brings me joy. And I guess, I like, I felt like I lost that, that, like, dress up. And we'd also lost it during COVID. So I was just like, no, now it's open and I want to go do it. Yeah. Like, out to these fun places. So I committed to going out for dinner with one of these people that I had deemed very triggering, not allowed to drink around. And because I'd already opened the the whole can of worms with alcohol, I was like, I'm not going to drink. This is unsafe. There was this whole debacle that happened before we went out for dinner. I was like, I don't feel safe drinking. We had this whole conversation. They were like, yeah, I promise it's not going to get out of hand because when it gets out of hand, drugs gets involved. So that for me was like a hard, hard no. Um, And I was like, okay, okay. So then I was like, fine. Like, I do want to have a glass of wine. So instead of like holding that rule, and this is like the whole thing, it starts to like slip away one little bit at a time with moderation so it's like it starts as i'm having two drinks but then it turns into three or it starts as i'm not drinking with this person it's like fine but under only these conditions and what starts to happen is that at least for me is like it builds up like this false sense of trust that okay well maybe it's safe to drink with them maybe i can have one more drink you know it's not that bad you know, then you start to look at their behavior and compare your behavior with it and use that as like a sense of comparison of if you're still okay or not to some degree. Ultimately, what ended up happening though was that dinner was fine. But then the next week there was like, uh, like it's obviously nice outside. We're like, go to a patio, rosé all day. Like obviously then it's like starting to drink at three there's absolutely no consideration of how much alcohol i feel like i should be able to have and then there's like and then there's a call for drugs and then because i've had so much so much alcohol at that time i'm absolutely 100 percent not saying no and don't even like obviously but i don't even think i have the awareness like i think there's a thought that pops in my mind that's like don't do that you're gonna regret mm-hmm. it later but I'm drunk, so I'm like fucking only thinking you just about push now. It to the side. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm only thinking about now. I'm like fucking fuck later. It's <laughs> only this moment is the most important moment. Yeah, I'll clean up that mess tomorrow. <laughs> yes, hundred percent. Um, and so, yeah. Anyway, that sh- that happened, and then you know, my family came home, and then because I was already like drinking, then I'm drinking in that environment, and you know, I I went from like being controlled and moderate to just like you know polishing a bottle of rosé, no problem. Um, and then it was just, I was drinking much more regularly and then there was alcohol in my house. So then I'd be having a drink here or there. Um, and this isn't to say like I'm drinking during the day or, you know, I'm drinking more than other people, but like, ultimately I know that it doesn't end okay for me. And 
anyway, this past weekend, there was like a pretty, a pretty large amount of alcohol consumed that ultimately um, just left me feeling really shitty because it's just like, you know, the next day I can't really function or do anything. And then the other people that I'm drinking with seem to be fine. And that's what I find always like very frustrating um, is that it's like, how is everyone else okay with their their choices and it's like well why do I have to stop or like why do I feel this way physically or mentally um and like why do I feel yeah I don't know but there yeah so anyway there's a there's a lot of like layers to two things but anyway we're back on fucking day three unfortunately um and it just like it is uh what it is and nothing really dramatic like you know only drugs were done like one time during that whole thing but the one time is enough to confirm that once again moderation is not possible for me um and i can just tell now like with the way that i am uh like around alcohol just with it being around and open of just like just it just re it just resets that whole like negotiation uh component that as I've said, I think in previous episodes is like not in any way freedom. Yeah. That was a lot of information. I'm so sorry, guys. I was like, I just purged it out everywhere. And I feel like that's good. Just like get it out like this. Like nobody here is ever judging you. Are they? (laughs) No. And if they are, they can fuck off. Like (laughs) turn this off and follow motherfucker. Yeah. There's a lot of swearing. Sorry. (laughs) But yeah, I definitely like did feel you like pull away a little bit like during that time. And I feel like I also was doing that as well because I don't want our relationship to be me asking you if you're drinking, checking in all the time on you. Like I don't want to feel like I'm nagging you. And ultimately everybody needs to go through their own process and make their own decisions. So like I didn't want to like project how I was feeling like onto you and ask you, why are you drinking? Why are you drinking? And feel like you couldn't like trust me to come to me with the information you wanted to. But like, I mean, I get it. Like we've all been there. I was there last year. Like sometimes we just need that reminder. (laughs) And it's like, how many times do you have to fall down to like learn that? Like, I don't know. The cliff is high. Like, is that even a saying? (laughs) No, I think you just made it up. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, the the acceptance piece, there just feels like for me, there's lots of things that I feel okay around, but um, there's just like one thing I really like to do, which is go out to, to dinner at like really fun locations and spots. And it's really, I feel like difficult for me to do that without the wine component and, and it, have it be the, the same experience. Um, and that feels like a loss of joy. And, uh, but do you think you'll get there? Like one, like 60 days, like as much as like it is a long time, it's also in the grand scheme of the drinking history. It's a small amount of time. But I've not drank for an entire year and the whole time, uh, like, yeah, no, I hated it. It was still, that still was part of it. So I honestly, I don't have an answer for that. Um, I get that. And like, uh, like, I feel like that too. Like when I went to Gia, like, and the person I'm with is like having like a cocktail. And like, like, I just wish I wasn't a foodie or like into that experience because I think it is like another layer of, uh, of loss. I understand what you mean. And that, and that feeling, like, I think that we're very similar. Like we like to get dressed up, go out for these nice dinners and have that full experience. And it almost feels incomplete without, like lubricating it a little bit with like a cocktail, some wine, pairing it, like a a glass of champagne. Like 
I understand that too. And I almost feel like when you did start drinking again, like I was almost having feelings of like jealousy. Mm. That, you said that to me on the phone the other yeah, day. Yeah, that like I was feeling like, well, fuck, like if she's drinking, like can I be drinking? Do I get to have that as well? Mm. And yeah, it was really hard for me too. Cause I'm like, how much did I want to call you and say, let's go to a fucking patio and rip it. Like not going to lie. The patio was fucking glorious. Yeah. So I, but I think that like, also like for me, like that is like a lot of like romanticizing because I'm only picturing in my mind. Yeah. yeah. If you having a beautiful glass of wine, laughing in the sun, like this like beautiful, like picture of it, not the following day and like how you're feeling after. Yeah, no, exactly. I agree. And just, you know, there, like, there's some things that, that, like, with that level of drinking, like, I just don't even feel, like, okay about it. It's not even, it's, like, my behavior, like, I don't even feel good when I'm drunk like that, when I think of how I behave, like, the next day. And, and to be honest, like, there were, even sometimes, like, I went out on King Street, which is, like, a, you know, obviously the restaurant street uh, in Toronto, and I thought it would be all, you know, X, Y, and Z, and I can confirm that when I got there and I hadn't had a drink and I was sitting at the bar and I looked around, I was like... Nightmare. Yeah, I was like, I don't want to even be here. Like, there, you know what? I'm not really, like, interested in talking to any of these people. And, like, even throughout the night, I feel like I was just like, whatever. But because I had already, like, started drinking and was, like, out with people, I just, like, continued on it mm-hmm. when... You know, what I had romanticized, I guess my point is, like, what I had romanticized in my mind wasn't even it. The sitting down at fancy dinners, like, that for me is difficult. But, like, missing out on, like, the the party events. And I think, actually, we walked into, uh, like, a restaurant that turns into a club. And I just, like, walked out without telling you <laughs> and got in an Uber and went home at, like, 1 a.m. Best decision I probably made that day. Yeah. Um, and everyone else stayed out. But I was just, like... I'm not interested in this in any way. Like, if there's not delicious food involved, yeah. like, I'll see you guys later. I think it's so hard, like, in those moments, obviously, to make those decisions. But now when I look back at, like, my cottage weekend mm-hmm. or, like, some of the dinners that I've, like, gone to over the last, like, few weeks and months, I don't regret not drinking. Like, there's not been a time that I haven't drank that I'm like, oh, fuck, well, I wish I had that vodka <laughs> Oh, I can confirm. I was thinking that this morning. I can confirm that every single morning that you wake up and you didn't drink, like, you've never regretted that Mm -hmm. that your choice to not drink so when i look back and i'm like is that just like my impulsivity i feel like i need that instant gratification that dopamine hit something in that moment but then when i actually am fast forwarding even 12 to 24 hours i'm past that point where i'm like okay i actually am thankful that i stayed in my decision Mm. but it's like it's hard it's Yeah. Yeah. I think it is hard. And I think one of the things that for me kind of like put the nail in the coffin this weekend was that just being around like impressionable teenagers and, uh, being quite drunk and them (laughs) commenting on our level of just inebriation from like an annoyance part, like nothing dramatic happened and everything's fine. But like, you know, the next day I woke up and I was, you know, obviously knowing all the information and all the things that we've shared here, it's just like, I was like, I am acting like a shit adult at this time. Like that is not a good role model like to be setting for, you know, people who are, are young and, and they're like, as much as you 
almost feel like they're like little adults in terms of the way that they can communicate and be in the world. I also know what I was like at that age. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, you also know that they are looking up at you or like, you know, looking up to you and looking at your behavior and using that as a guideline of what it's like to be an adult out there in the world. And that just kind of made me, that made me feel definitely some shame because I don't want to behave that way in front of people that are impressionable. Especially after the last two episodes that we have had talking about, even though like by no means am I saying it's an alcoholic home, but just even like that level of like drinking and substance use and that exposure normalized. Yeah. 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 Like it's like even that level of drinking uh, and it's not even that crazy. It's like a, you know, it's like a couple bottles of wine, which is probably a lot, but still like over the course of a a day and evening, but it's still like, you know, you're drunk. It's not like you're falling down like like village drunk, but you are drunk and you probably are being obnoxious, Um, which yeah, in the moment is fun. But like the next day it's just like, is that, is that necessary? Mm -hmm. And, And I don't like, I don't think it is like the... Yeah. Anyway, I feel like the consequences for me are are too high. And yeah, like as soon as the alcohol is brought back into my life, there are like some relationships that are just not healthy for me that I, you know, are, you know, reintegrated back into my life. And it's really difficult for me to make heart, like stay accountable to difficult decisions when I'm feeling crappy and hungover. So then all my like daily practices of meditation and breath work and stuff start to fall to the wayside. The things that actually make you feel good. Yeah. And I also just am continuing to avoid making some of the important life choices that I need to make right now in regards to my career and where I want to live and all those things because I can only really focus on fucking getting through that day without you know, totally decimating myself because I'm upset about my choices and just be managing my level of anxiety from my consumption. So I am also confirming that like, yeah, when you wake up and you don't drink, you don't have to contend with all of these things. So, you know, every night might not be a night that causes all this anxiety or shame or whatever it is. But I think when you're doing something you know you shouldn't be doing or you don't want to be doing there is like this under level, uh, underlying level of anxiety that kind of just is then with you constantly. And so the only thing that I was doing to avoid it was like continuing to drink. Um, and again, just like it was last time, it's like the moderation was slowly slipped away uh, a little bit at a time. It wasn't uh, like I had one drink and then the next day I was, you know, out on King Street in the morning. And I think that's how it is every time. Like yeah. it's like a slippery, slippery slope. Well, we thought it was important just to share um, where we're at, what we've been going through, what we're learning along the way um, in hopes that somebody out there can relate to it. And I think Gabor Mate always says like, you know, you can't just, you can't keep things in the shadows. So, uh, and, and I think that is like one of the really likely and strong qualities within addiction is that people are really like sneaky or, uh, not honest with their decisions and their behaviors because there's like this element of shame. So, um, I think, you know, I hope that me sharing that it's not easy and that, it is normal. I don't want to say normal because it's not g- good. It's a part of the process. It's a part of the process. And it doesn't mean that you need to fully like shame yourself or stop trying. But I also wanted to just bring some awareness that 
I had to go through that process kind of on my own and then come back around and be like, okay, no, I'm ready to like be honest about this or talk about it, you know, versus pretending that it's not going on or just like kind of being secretive about it. So yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing with us. Yeah. And congratulations on your passing your 100 day mark. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. This is Keisha and Denise signing off on another episode of Done With Debauchery. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share and subscribe. You can also find us on Instagram at Done With Debauchery. See you next time.